Hello, everyone, and welcome to another recap race analysis here on the Cycling Dane Extra channel or on the Cycling Dane podcast available on Spotify, etc. And today I'm joined by uh, Patrick Blake of Audu Cycling and one third of the Echelon Cycling podcast. And of course, we did the stream together of stage 19. And I mean, Patrick, what happened on the stage today? It was an absolutely hectic sprint day breakaway day it was very much touted as a breakaway day considering what happened on stage 18 which was won by Casper Asgreen and it took a really long time for a breakaway to go it was about 60 kilometers of racing for a group of nine to get up the road which actually wasn't the final breakaway of the day because you saw a group after the intermediate sprint join that front group, which contained some big hitters like Mass Pedersen, Mate Mohoric, Stoff Laporte, Philipson, Pidcock, Van der Poel, etc., etc. And those riders pretty much just went towards the final climb. We saw Victor Campanarts and Simon Clark off of the front. But before all that happened, there was a rather funny incident where Nils Pollitt his chain snapped which is not something you see very frequently on the Tour de France and there was about three Shimano neutral service bikes given to him neither of which he liked it was like Goldilocks and a porridge to be honest with you and he then decided just to kind of throw them all to the side and waited for his team to come with his new bike which by that point of course he had dropped out of the breakaway but going back to the front of the race Simon Clark and Victor Campanat were working very well together up until the final categorised climb of the day where Simon Clark cramped out of that move and with only 30 seconds Campanat was eventually caught by a move containing Kasper Asgreen, Ben O'Connor and Mate Mohoric. This trio went over the top of Campanat and were swiftly chased down by a very strong group with containing Trentin, Pidcock, Zimmerman, Laporte, Mezgech, Betiol, Mass Pedersen, Jasper Philipson, they closed the gap a little bit to about 20 seconds, but unfortunately some group two antics with a lot of people saying that other people weren't pulling their workload meant that it was going to be a sprint between the trio up front. Ben O'Connor launched a sprint with about 500 metres to go, gave it his best shot, but was closed down by Kasper Asgreen. And as Asgreen and Mohoric came up to the finish line, on the bike throw, it was Mohoric who just about took another stage win for Bahrain Victorious, their third one of the race following on from Wautpool's and Peo Bilbao. Fantastic riding from Mohoric, very smart. Not his first Tour de France stage, he's done this before on very similar terrain. And he has taken yet another win for Bahrain, who will be very happy with their Ride for Gino campaign going on at the moment. Very touching, Mohoric was very emotional at the end, obviously because of, you know, in remembrance of his fallen teammate. And it was just a fantastic win. Asgreen almost got his second stage win in a row at this tour, but was just about denied. So Scott was unfortunately very upset because, you know, the, the Dane didn't uh, take the stage win today. But, I mean, what do you reckon to the win, Scott? Do you reckon, yeah, Mohoric played it really cool, didn't he? Yeah, I think you're right. It was an absolutely chaos stage, to say the least. And uh, yeah, a shame. Caspar's going two stage, breakaway stage wins in a row. We couldn't quite on stream think who, who has, who's done that in the past. We couldn't, Vokla, no. Warren Buggy, no. Like, is that in, well, Julian Philippe, I'm not sure, but I'm sure someone in the comments might tell us. But yeah, um, 
great win for Bahrain victorious. They've kind of been having silently a great Tour de France, as you said, third stage win now. Pools was a great win. Uh, Bilbao was a great win, all from breakaways as well. So, yeah, and Bilbao potentially getting a top five, top six. So we'll wait and see if he can do that. But, yeah, in terms of uh, Jasper Philipsen, Patrick, you were quite critical of kind of their antics. We saw in the move a lot of the riders early on had teammates. Uno X were working completely all out for Saren Manchild, we thought, maybe Rasmus Tiller. But, yeah, we'll get to Uno X. But first, uh, Alps into Koenig, fourth place with Jasper Phillips, and that's got to be a bit annoying for them, no? But Sinister got fourth place yesterday as well. And we were saying how Phillips are finishing in fourth place isn't necessarily like the greatest thing because he's pretty much got the green jersey competition already wrapped up so it's not like he necessarily needs more green jersey points especially since i know mass pedersen was in that group but cockard wasn't so really his green jersey threat but there wasn't any to be honest like he's pretty much he could pretty much just score no points and still win so it seems a bit weird that he was so kind of they were just kind of like basically riding for fourth place. I feel like they could have played it a bit differently because they were here for the stage win. You know, everybody's here for the stage win, but I feel like maybe they they didn't play the stage particularly well. They could have maybe done with another rider in that front group. We were kind of confused as to what Vanderpol's role was being in that group. At the end of the day, they didn't win the stage and fourth place doesn't really add anything to Alperson's race, does it? It's they're, they're here for wins. Philipson's got four. This looked like a good opportunity to get a fifth, but unfortunately it slipped through their fingers. So they're down to just the Champs-Élysées, which Philipson won on last year. So it's definitely not out of the question that he could win there again. But it does seem a bit weird, doesn't it? That kind of Alperson definitely let this opportunity slip through their fingers. Yeah, much of Anderpol's role, as you said, not quite sure what it was. He was chasing, then he was in the moves, then he sat up, wasn't really there in the finale. Uh, Jasper Philipsen was doing a lot of the chasing himself as well. But like, let's touch on Uno X because like they threw everything at this at one point, couldn't close the gap. We're, we haven't been too critical of Uno X. It's their first Tour de France. We should give them a free pass. And yeah, it was just, they just couldn't close it. It was a shame, really. They were, they were trying really hard. They were the big animators of this day. They missed the initial move and were working with EF and Israel behind to bring it back, which they, to be to credit to them, they did do. And then they got four riders into that front move with Abrahamson, with Charmig, Van Schold, and Tiller. But unfortunately, yeah, like you say, they basically just got rolled by everybody else in the group because they worked with the whole group and then everybody just attacked away from them. I did think that Baron Schold had a good shot. I reckon he could have been in that front group. This is the sort of profile which he could do well in, but obviously he is a grand tall debutante and you know it's it's not the easiest thing to get to expect something from such a young rider in his debutante uh, Tour de France so late especially into the race but Unix threw everything at this race and unfortunately they didn't even come out with a top 10 so quite disappointing for them so I'm sure they'll be looking at the Champs-Élysées they've got a very strong lead out train they're actually one of the few teams who have their whole team still intact all eight riders so I'm expecting that Christoph to be their main man for their, that race on, on Sunday. And he's got a very good record, which I said on stream. And I think that Christoph, you know, if 
things go really right, maybe, just maybe, Unix could have a lovely Champs-Élysées win. But that's perhaps optimistic thinking. But thinking of that finale, because uh, we haven't really discussed the finale too much, Ben O'Connor, as we said, kind of like, did the best thing he could, hit out, tried to take everyone by surprise. And uh, is there anything Kesper Eskren could have done differently? Because like you mentioned, it's kind of literally the bike throw that won it. Mm. He was the one who closed down the move of O'Connor, so maybe he was a little bit tired from that. But yeah, I think you're right. It it did seem on the bike throw, he was basically sprinting all the way to the line, whereas it is just ever so slightly faster to throw your bike at the line. You know, that's why sprinters do it all the time, obviously. But it was just Mohoric just timed it better. He he did his bike throw just a little bit earlier. And honestly, up until about a meter to go, Asgreen was winning. And then they crossed a line and he'd lost. It was re- it was honestly that close. Mohoric just came from behind. I just I think that Asgreen played it as pretty much as good as he could have done. I just think that he lost it on the throw. Has he saved Sadal Quickstep's Tour de France, do you think? If he won the stage today, I would have said yes. But unfortunately, second place doesn't really mean too much. Um, so I I don't think that he has saved it, to be honest. I think that he has been likely the best performing Quickstep rider. You know, him and Alaphilippe have been very active in breakaways, but you know, obviously he got that stage, he came second today, so I do think that Asgreen has been the best quick-step rider, but I don't think he has saved that at all. I mean, final thing we should probably mention, we haven't talked about Jumbo too much, uh, what was the point of Laporte and Tispinot in this breakaway? They were covering moves, then they weren't, then they were off the back, not really working as two cohesive units. Yeah, it was it was a bit peculiar, but you know, they would have let Wabanar into this move. So, obviously, it, it's not like they can just be like, no, you are going to stay with us in the peloton all the time. I think they had a good shot of winning this stage, to be honest with you. I do think that Laporte and Benoit would have been a really good combination. But like you say, they didn't really, they weren't quite firing together. It's sort of, they need, really needed Benoit to set a pace on that climb and then Laporte to attack off it. Similarly, I think that Alperson could have done with something similar like done something similar a lot of teams could have done something like that but nobody really did so i think that i i, I do think that maybe they messed up just a little bit today i think Villaport still got a decent result on the day but it could have been better i do think he could have been in that front group but it's not for a lack of trying i'll tell you he really did attack off the front he was marked by Vanderpol. Laporte was looking really strong today it's just uh you know that's the way that racing goes sometimes where you just you're marked out you missed a move you just have to try again you know he'll likely be the sprinter for for Jumbo on the Champs-Élysées so we'll wait and see how close he gets to the win there but maybe he's thinking about world championships he did very very well there last year maybe he's got long-term aspirations to do well there yeah, we'll wait and see, but we'll finish on that note. That's basically it for a recap race analysis here of stage 19. Unfortunately, it wasn't a victory for Eskrain, but well done, Mate and Baron Victorious. Of course, ch- make sure to check out Patrick's channel, Audu Cycling, and the Echelon Cycling Podcast, which he's part of as well. Comment down below what you thought of stage, hit the like button, of course, and, and subscribe to the channel. And of course, as always, we will see you around.